Hey everybody, Macy McNeely here. I am so excited to share with you a speech that I did for a company called Gravy here in Cumming, Georgia. They are incredible. I went to their office and I did a little message, a training for them and their staff. And it was six things that you can do right now to stand out. I recorded that as I did it. So I'm excited to share that with you today on the podcast. We just finished up the in-person guide culture training. It was phenomenal. I can't even believe that that was our last one of 2019. What? Insane. And and speaking of guide culture, we are doing another online training for November. Now this is the last chance to get in in 2019. If you are listening to this episode right now on November the 12th of 2019, you can still grab your seat for the online training. It closes tomorrow, November the 13th. This is a four-week training. There's one session per week, one call per week, followed by one lab per week. And lab is where you practice what you've just learned. So think like biology class, right? You go to a seminar and you learn and then you go to a lab and and you put into action what you have already learned. So that's what we do in lab. When it comes to timing, we have some options. So once you sign up, we'll get you in a group that makes the most sense for you and your schedule. If you have any questions, you can message The Guide Culture on Instagram. Michelle hangs out over there on our Instagram and she is awesome and she will take care of you. She's super responsive and will answer any questions that you might have. Enjoy this message on six things you can do right now to stand out. Just last week, I was walking my little dog, my little miniature Dotson cookie. She's a little brown wiener dog. And I saw this butterfly trying to walk. And it's like they have these huge wings, these huge, beautiful wings, and these teeny, teeny, tiny, skinny little legs. I got to demonstrate. I just have to. And they, it's like they have these big wings, and it's like trying to hold up these huge wings on these tiny legs, and it's stumbling all over the place. And so I have a video for you so that you can see for yourself. See, it's, it's so awkward. Like when I was watching that, I just wanted to put my hand out there for the sweet little butterfly and just let it crawl on me so that I could take it to where it needed to go because it was struggling so much. To me, that is a perfect visual of what I looked like only three years ago. (laughs) I had these big, huge, beautiful, unique wings. And in fact, I believe everybody is born with these beautiful, big, huge, unique wings. I had a message. I stood for something, I believed in something, but every time I tried to share, it was like me walking in these tiny little legs and I was struggling to keep upright. And I felt like a lot of people probably were watching me and wanted to help me, just like you wanna help that butterfly. They wanna just put their hands out and say, here, let me take you to where you're trying to go. And it wasn't until I got proper sales training to where I was able to use those wings and fly from destination to destination. I got to a point where people were actually listening. They weren't kind of looking away as I was talking, but they were excited and eager to listen. And I was able to build a value 
build my value on me and my, my ideas and my products and my services. And I was able to share in terms of the other people. And so today, I want to share with you six things that you can do right now. You can walk out of the door and do these things right now, and you can stand out in a huge way. The first thing is to open with value. Does anybody know what Toastmasters is? I don't know if you guys chat. Oh, yeah. Ooh, everybody's raising. Okay. You know Toast? Have yeah. you ever done Toastmasters? Yeah. Listen, Toastmasters is the best decision I have ever made for my business this far. And it's basically a public speaking club. It's the oldest club. And I swear that it's like no one knows about it. It's huge. It's around the world, but no one knows about it. And one of my very first speeches, I think there was three people in our club at that time. But I got a rep in, you know, every time I, this is a rep right here. I can stand here and get a rep in front of you right now. And I stood there in front of everybody and I said, excuse me. I said, I, you know, before I start, I got a little scratch in my throat. I've been a little sick, but uh, just want to let you know that before I start. And then I started my speech and I worked so hard on that speech. Oh my gosh, I did so much research. I practiced. I worked so hard. And then one of the best parts about Toastmasters is you get feedback. It's hard to get feedback. Not a lot of people mm. will tell you things. And so Polly was her name. She's like an OG Toastmaster. <laughs> and she comes and she said, Macy, your speech was amazing. The only thing I could think about was that you were about to cough. You never did, but it's all I could think about. You see, I opened with something that watered down what I was going to share. I watered down the information. So for example, I know Casey, you don't have an office here, but what if someone were to come to your office and say, Casey, okay, listen, my kid, I'm like three minutes late. My kids were, my kids were out of control. I'm so sorry, but I have to tell you something. Mm. That's not valuable. It waters down everything. That, doesn't, that is nothing for you. Another way to water down a conversation or water down what you say is you stand in front of people and you say, hey, everybody, thank you so much for having me. My name is Macy McNeely. I'm so happy to be here. I mean, it's not, it's not valuable. It's expected, and it waters down the conversation. And really, at the end of the day, it makes it about you. If you start walking in and say, oh, my hair is a mess. Oh, my gosh, don't like my outfit. I spilled coffee right here. It's like it makes it about you. And when you're talking in terms of other people, you have to be thinking about what's in it for them all the time. And so open with value. And so here's a couple of ways that you can open with value. Their name, Casey, Aaron. It doesn't, it's the sweetest sound. Someone else's name is the sweetest sound to them. A gift. A guy used to work at my dad's office, his name was Ken. He was a sales guy for like 70, he was 70 years old when he was working. So he's probably in sales for like 50 years. And every time he went to my dad's office, he would go into the office before my dad's, he would grab a mint from the mint bowl, and he would say, Loy, <laughs> I have a present for you. And Loy would look up. He'd look up and he had his full attention. He said his name and he gave a gift a compliment, coming with a purpose. Like what if you walked in and you were like, Renee, I have an idea I wanna share. That is a purpose. Like you value their time enough to come with an agenda, a pause, and a story. If you notice, when I started this speech, I just said, hey, have you ever seen a butterfly walk? It's a story. Just last week, I was walking my dog. It keeps people engaged and it's valuable information. The second way, that you can stand out right now is to get specific. I mean, crazy specific. And there's so many reasons and places that you need to be getting specific. 
but today I just want to share with you a couple. The first is your product. When I first started selling a product, I was selling a supplement. And honestly, I was really pumped about the opportunity, not as much of the product. And I wasn't sure how to talk about it. I was like so nervous. I just almost clammed up whenever it was time to talk about it. One weekend, I was staying at my parents' house. My husband was hunting. If you know hunting, you know they just go and you don't talk to them. And my, uh, I had brought my supplements and one was sitting on the counter. And my dad started looking at it and he was like, Macy, have you even looked at these ingredients? They're incredible. Where can I get it? I want this bag of supplements. I was like, really? And so I took one ingredient, I Googled it, and I found all these benefits. And then I took another ingredient and I Googled it and I found all these benefits. And I kept doing that. So for each week, I took one ingredient and I learned it. Like I studied it every single day. And this did a couple of things for me. Number one, I was able to build an insane belief about this product. So I went from being all clammy to like, oh my gosh, how do you not live with this? You have to have this. I started to believe and have enthusiasm. And I think my favorite thing is that I learned 50 times more than I ever needed to say, which means when I spoke, I spoke with authority. I spoke with a certain tone that people knew I know what I'm talking about. I've done my research and I can confidently share with you. And so I want to encourage you to like go do your own research. Don't just do what Casey tells you to do or what Renee tells you to do, but for you to dive in and get specific on your product knowledge. It's going to benefit you way more than you can ever imagine. Second thing is to get specific on compliments. So one thing we really believe at Guide Culture is, is no sarcasm because really at the end of the day, it's at the expense of somebody else. And it's really funny in the moment, but that person's confidence is chipped away at, and they go home and they go to sleep at night and they think about it. And honestly, it doesn't take much talent to be sarcastic. <laughs> it does take talent to give specific compliments. And what I have found just doing our training over the last year is that people feel awkward saying what they really mean and saying what they really feel. Instead, they exchange it with an awkward or with a sarcastic comment. So the way you give a specific compliment, you say their name, you say their, comp their compliment that's not obvious, and then you say the reason why you're giving it to them. So it looks like this. Casey, <laughs> you are an incredible leader. And the reason that I say that is that those people on that screen right there have insane energy, and that's a huge testament to who you are. Casey, will you please give Aaron a compliment, a specific compliment? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Aaron, mm -hmm. you know how much I love you. And the reason I say that. Oh, am I supposed to do your script? Yes. So okay. you're going to say her okay. name, the compliment, uh, so and the reason I say that is, so her name. Hey, Aaron. The compliment. The compliment is you are one of the kindest people I've ever worked with in my life. And the reason I say that. And the reason I say that is because you deal with a lot of crap for me <laughs> that most people never would with grace and dignity. Didn't that feel so good? Didn't it feel good to give it? It felt amazing. Okay, Aaron, will you yeah. give a compliment to somebody on your team? Oh, yes. Oh, this is what specific. we call these gravy biscuits. Ooh, oh, that's good. Okay, so maybe you can start being specific with your with your gravy biscuits. 
Josh, you are a fantastic father. Oh. And the reason that I say that is because I got to listen to you talk to your daughter on the Bluetooth the other day, and that was a Josh Rose that I'd never seen before. Oh. And you are just, um, just, I mean, multi level, which I appreciate. <laughs> That is so sweet. <laughs> it just feels so good. It takes a lot of talent to say what you really want to say and say it specifically. And I would encourage you to go and practice this and say verbatim, the reason that I say that, something about that clicks with people and they're able to really process why you're giving them that compliment. The third way that you can get specific is stories, or what we like to call is evidence, right? The credibility. Who says so besides you? So you could say a story like, hey, we had a girl that took guy culture and she improved her leadership skills. Or you could say something, there I was walking up the stairs to my office and my phone went off and I glanced at it and it was an email from Taylor. And I was surprised because I usually don't get emails from her. And so I opened it up and I started to have a flashback of our discovery call. And I remember the tears rolling down her face. She was desperate to make her business work. She was desperate to get her team on board and she was desperate to start selling more product. And so she came to Guide Culture and she bought in immediately. She was so excited and she told me that she got her money's worth within the first 30 minutes. And then she went home, she put everything into practice and three months later she sent me an email that said, Macy, I've recruited more people in this last month than I have in my entire year of being in business. I've sold more product and I have so much clarity in the direction that I'm going. You see, the story of this person, she's the hero of the story, of course, but I was able to give you three things that she was able to do. She was able to recruit, she was able to sell more and have clarity. Now people remember things in threes more than, more than ones, more than twos and more than fours. So if you can give three things for people to remember of a specific story, it's gonna be way more memorable than any other number. The third thing that you can do, this is my favorite, jazz hands. <laughs> Get jazzed about objections. I live for objections. Come on, girl. I'm I up about this one. Freaking <laughs> give it to me. I love them. I'm like, give me the objections. You got to get them out. If you don't get them out, they blow up, right? Yes. And this is why. All right, let's say we're at a farmer's market, okay? Aaron, you sell flowers. Okay. You guys sell jelly. You sell pumpkin bread. Mm. Mm, that's what I'm saying. Okay, so I walk across the farmer's market, right? I'm like, okay, I see the flowers. I see the jelly, but then I see the, the pumpkin bread. And emotionally... I want that pumpkin bread. And so I'm gonna go up and I'm gonna say, hey, I know that this is homemade, but do you have any sort of nutrition label? I really need to see the ingredients. That's just a concern. That's all it is. Or maybe like, hey, um, I'm looking to see, uh, I'm worried about the sugar. I'm worried about the sugar intake of this. It's just a concern. But here's what's so awesome is that I emotionally want the pumpkin bread, now I'm just throwing out concerns so I can justify it intellectually. I'm just justifying why I emotionally want something. I didn't even touch the flowers. I don't even care. I don't want them at all. I completely ignore you. But if I want something, 
I'm going to throw out some objections. And you're getting objections every single day. Like they look a little something like this. Like, mom, this broccoli doesn't taste good. Or, hey, I know you gave me this, this product or this project to do. I cannot complete it on time. Or, mom, I just, I don't want to play football this year. Or, hey, I love your service. I love your product. I, sh I just can't afford it. They're all the time everywhere. But when they are voiced, then you have a shot. You have a shot to actually handle the objection. I mean, if your kid doesn't want to eat broccoli, they just don't have to, they just won't eat it. But if they voice, hey, it doesn't taste good, doors are wide open. The objections are good. Make sure they are all out into the open. If they're not, it's almost like, like a secret. And if you don't tell a secret, it kind of explodes, right? But when you bring it out into the light, it, it's not that bad. And you can actually handle it. Which brings me to my fourth thing that you need to do to stand out. You gotta ask why. Ask why. And there's so many reasons that you should ask why, but I'm gonna give you two today. The first one is to, when you're handling objections, do not blindly handle objections. Do not blindly handle something that you think is the reason that someone is not buying into something. It's so important to ask why. My favorite example is of a girl named Sarah. She came to the in-person training. She came all the way from Kansas. She's a country girl on the ranch. And her son is in middle school. And he did not want to play football. He had played last year. And he did not want to play this year. And she was like, son, I know you're going to get hit. But listen, you're going to have plenty of pads on. You're going to be safe. You're going to be protected. Don't worry. And then she took guide culture. And she came back and she realized she was blindly handling his objection or his concern that he didn't want to get hit. And so he came, she came home and she said, all right, son, why, why don't you want to play football? And he said, because mom, I don't know where the locker room is and I don't want to look silly trying to find the locker room when everybody else is just, you know, looking like they know what they're doing. So she said, well, if I were to go to school early with you one day to help you find the locker room, would you want to play? And he said, yes. Ask why all the time. Get it to the root of the real reason why someone isn't buying into something. The second reason you need to ask why is to answer questions. Any question that we get in life, I'm asking why they're asking that. And a perfect example is when I was at the lake last month. Now, I'm no pro. I know Casey's a pro at the lake life. It's a skill. <laughs> is it not a skill? It is. You reps. can tell. Reps. Reps. Reps on the lake. I don't have many reps on the lake. Yep. And I was with some friends, my husband, and a couple, and, and we kind of got parked. Is that what you say? Parked? You can say that. Okay. We got to the side and everybody was like jumping in, you know, or they were about to jump in. They hadn't yet. And I just, something about that lake water, it just really messes with my mind. I'm like, what is in there? I can't see to the bottom. It freaks me out, right? And so I said, Austin, I said, how deep is this water? And he's God culture trained, okay? And he said, Macy, he kind of came beside me, which is huge. You literally need to come beside people. He said, why do you ask? I said, well, I don't want to hit the bottom. And he answered intentionally and specifically. He said, you don't have to worry. It's plenty deep enough. Now, the opposite that he could have done, he could have said, I could have said, hey, how deep is this water? And he would say, oh, it's 20 feet. I'm a tall girl. Like in my head, I'm like, I could maybe do I jump that far? Could I possibly hit 20 feet? I don't know. But the way he asked me why, he was able to intentionally answer and I felt really heard. So I want to challenge you today. When your spouse or somebody calls you and maybe they ask a question like, like, hey, are you home? Just say, hey, why do you ask? 
And they might say, well, you know, a package is being delivered at three o'clock and I want to make sure that there's someone there to sign for it. And you can just say, don't worry, I will be home for your package. Answer intentionally when you ask why and people feel heard. The fifth thing that you need to do, you're going to love this one. Why am I going to love you're it? You're just going to love it. Stir the pot. I need some, pro I need a prop for this. Okay, stirring your pot <laughs> takes work. You need to get your apron on. You're going to get messy. Okay? Tie her up because things are about to get serious. Have you ever felt dry, Casey, in like the sense of inspiration or like maybe your pipelines are not so full? Um, Motivation? Yeah, like 90% of the time? Yeah. yeah. I'm about to tell you how to get out of that. Okay. You're going to take your spoon. <laughs> You're going to take your apron. Would you like a guide culture apron? Yes. Okay. And you are going to stir. Everybody, make sure you're looking. This is a full body motion. We are not doing a hand mixer like this, right? Where you just like sit and you blend. It is work. It's hard work. And anytime I start to feel dry, I'm like, okay, where am I stirring? Where am I stirring? I need to stir something to get some inspiration. There's so many ways that you can do it. Me personally, I am calling people, I'm setting up lunches, I'm doing Instagram takeovers, I'm going to Toastmasters, I'm writing a speech, I'm seeing who I can hire, I'm asking Casey to be my mentor, I am hiring a, a coach, I'm doing a mastermind, I am literally doing anything and everything to stir the pot. Here are some examples. I mean, like, go to events, speak for free. This right here, me doing this, is a way of stirring the pot. I'm stirring hard right now. Writing content, even if you don't have a podcast, write a podcast episode because you're writing a message. You're writing something that you believe in and it's going to spark something for you. Let's see, read, journal, go to a conference, do, buy, train. I'm always finding trainings and courses I can do. Uh, write a speech for Toastmasters. Even if you're not in a club, just write something and it'll spark something. And here's what's so cool about stirring the pot. When you stir really hard, okay, and you walk away, guess what happens? It keeps going. It keeps going. So what you do right now will show up in about 60 to 90 days. That's what I, my experience at least. About 60 to 90 days it'll show up. That's why you can't stop stirring. And the best part is when you stir it really hard, it starts to splatter. And what I have noticed is that when I stir in one area, something from left field comes out of nowhere. Have you ever experienced that? Uh, just this weekend. Isn't that the coolest thing? Mm -hmm. Let's see, what was, okay, it was last month. Last month, I was like feeling dry, like my pipelines were dry. I mean, it was, I was stressing out, right? And I swear, I did almost all these things. I'm like doing calls for people. I'm going, 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 stirring the pot. And this random girl messages me on Instagram. She's like, hey, will you come meet with my boss? I'm like, yes, whatever. Where do you live? I'll come. I come, I sit, we end up uh, signing to do our whole training with their whole staff, and now we're going to have a long-term partnership with them. Mm -hmm. And it would not have happened, I swear, if I did not aggressively stir the pot in one area. And it's just like doing things you don't want to do. The other day I went to, oh, do you know what Rotary is? My husband's in Rotary. And there was this boat cruise, and it was freezing cold. Late at night, I go to bed early. I'm sure you do too. You probably do too, don't you? Early bedtime over here. I was like, I'm going to go. I'm going to have a great attitude. I'm going to be a gift to these people. And I got an appointment from it just by stirring the pot, going to things, putting your face out in the world. It's, it's a big deal. And then when you're done, you can take your apron off. <laughs> here you go, Casey. You can have that. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. The last and final thing that you need to do right now, you need to get proper sales training. Preach. Because life 
is a series of sales transactions. Yes. And here's some proof. Read that for me, Casey. If you're a parent, you're persuading your kids. Yes. Again, <laughs> next. Hostage negotiation. Yes. <laughs> um, if you're a business person, you're persuading a lead. Yes. If you're a leader, you're selling your team's the vision. Yes, you do. If well. you're a coach, you're persuading your team. Yes. If you're a pastor, you're persuading the congregation. If you're an artist, you're persuading your fans. And if you're a politician, you're persuading your voters. Woo! It's life is a series of sales transactions. It just is. This is how I like this is what my this is why I say I was raised in a sales home. My dad believes every organization, including your home, should be run as a sales organization first, whatever you do second. Whether it's raising kids, gravy, guide culture, whatever, that's second. Because a sales culture is enthusiastic, they believe in what they do, they know a lot about what they do, they care for others, they want for others as they would want for themselves, and they see a bigger picture, right? When you're in the bottle, you can't see the label. And so sometimes when you're outside the bottle, you can see someone else, and you're like, hey, I know what's best for you. And so I'm going to use my skills to persuade you into a decision that I know is going to be the best for you long term. And really, having sales skills is the difference between getting someone to be like, yes, and then getting someone to buy in. Casey, this is why you're such an amazing leader, because all these people, no matter where you are in the world, all these people are bought into you. This is, and you're an amazing salesperson. Leadership and sales inter interchange. And you have gotten your team to buy into your vision, to what you believe, and to this business. And they go and they work as hard as they can because they love you so much. That's what a salesperson does. And so the six things, here we go. We're going to open with value, not water down anything. We are going to come with the juice, as I like to say. Get specific. Get excited about objections. Don't be scared. Ask why. Stir the pot and get that sales training. You can follow me on the Instagram. <laughs> Mason McNeely and Guide Culture. Thank you. You're welcome. Right. Now, let's sit down. We got, they're going to ask some questions. Oh, hey, Amber. Hi. Um, so I am like the opposite of a natural salesperson. I am 100% terrified of anything related to sales. Um, however, I see completely how this can relate to, um, I handle the finances for the company. So oh, wow. I can see how, even though I'm not in sales, that I still need to sell, you know, my work basically to my leaders, the team, and 100%. you know, all of these bullet points match perfectly. I guess my question is any advice for somebody to kind of like psych yourself up to tackle it in this way for someone mm -hmm. that's just not a salesperson, like mm -hmm. just the word sales terrifies me and I like you're not alone. go into like hibernation mode. Amber, let me ask you, why do you feel like you're not in sales? Like what about when you say I'm not a salesperson? Tell me why you mm -hmm. say that. Um, it's just so not, na I mean, I think that I know that we all are salespeople for the things that we feel are important to us and we are committed to and we find value in. But when it comes to like saying sales mm -hmm. for me to convince someone mm -hmm. to like I failed all the sales charts for jobs like when I was younger so mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm just not like mm -hmm. wired that way um so well Amber you know you can you can change that word sales you can change it to mm -hmm. influence persuasion mm -hmm. leadership mm -hmm. all of those are the same thing as sales mm -hmm. And I, too, have had a really bad experience with salespeople before. And so I used to have a really bad taste in my mouth when I thought about sales. At the end of the day, 
I think, and I bet you could agree with this, 80% of life is mindset. 10% is strategy, Mm -hmm. 10% is skill. And it's kind of a decision that you make. You're like, no, I am a salesperson. Do you know what the word decision means? Scission means to cut, like incision. And then side means to kill, like homicide, right? And then D, so decide and decision. D means to get rid of. Decision is you decide something and you Mm -hmm. kill off all other options other than the way you decided. Mm-hmm. And so you need a mindset of like, man, I'm deciding that I'm going to choose to be a salesperson. I'm going to choose mm-hmm. to influence because I care mm-hmm. so deeply about what I do. And mm-hmm. I care so much about gravy. And I know that this is what's going to help people. I am deciding mm-hmm. that that's who I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times being a salesperson, like it's a presentation. It, mm-hmm. it is like, I'm not mm-hmm. like this at home. I go home and I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm quiet. I don't process out loud. Like this is not who I really am naturally. But what's the root word of of presentation. It's, it's present. I love words. It's present. It's a gift. Like me being here and turning on and being my salesperson that I am because I care mm-hmm. so much about you guys. It is mm-hmm. a decision and it mm-hmm. is a gift that I'm choosing mm-hmm. to give. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, mm-hmm. a, it's a mindset. Everything is mindset. That, mm-hmm. That's the only thing I would, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great thing, Amber. Who else? Morgan. Morgan. Hi, Macy. Hey. Um, where did you get your proper sales training? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Morgan, why, why, why do you ask that? I actually am curious. Why do you ask that? Well, Macy, I think that you're a really inspirational person. Thank and you. I would like to reap the same benefits. Listen, I understand. I, too, want to be the best version of myself. That's exactly why you need to take Guide Culture. Guide Culture is the sales training that we do. It was created by my dad. Uh, It's been 30 years in the making, and he taught it to me, and my brain opened. My wings flew. Literally, the butterfly, that was me. And I went back to him, and I said, hey, this is a disservice not to teach. We have to. And he was like, okay, you know. And he had no idea what he was getting into. And he, he gave me an ultimatum. He said, the only way we are teaching this is if we do labs, which basically is what we call like role play, right? You can't learn this and not practice it and get feedback. That's kind of the Toastmasters part of feedback this. Feedback loops. Feedback loops, yeah. And so, yeah, we do them in person and online, and it's super hands-on. It's four weeks, and um, really, we're, we're launching packages for 2020 that are like up to 18 weeks, because if you become obsessed with this for about six months, holy cow. Yeah, it's next level. Next level. You become a different person. You should follow me on Instagram, Morgan. Follow me on Instagram. Shoot me a message. Hi. Hey. Um, well, first, Macy, I just want to say that I have a respect for you. Thank and you. And the reason why is because Casey <laughs> and Erin have a respect for you, and I really respect them. So there's a lot about you. <laughs> That's really sweet. Thank you. Um, the question I have is, so for me, I have a fear with handling objections. And totally. my main fear is that I'm just not going to know the answer. Totally. Or like, you know how to fix the problem. So have you ever had an objection that someone has presented to you that you didn't know the answer to or that you couldn't know? That is a phenomenal question. I I really, I totally get it. Like, I want to make sure I'm the professional, for sure. One of the most important things is that you don't blow hot air. If I catch one of my people blowing hot air, I I shut that down so quick. You come, that's why you have amazing product knowledge. That's why you do your research, so you do know what you need to know. And then if you don't know, you say, hey, I'm so sorry, I don't, like, you you would get on the same side of them, and then you would say, I don't know, but I'm going to find out for you right away. 
and it's a great learning experience. Honestly, it goes back to product knowledge of knowing 50 times more than you ever need to say because you'll be able to handle it no problem. And it gives you the confidence. And so when you have that confidence, you're going to be like, give me all the objections because I know exactly what to do. And especially if you come guide culture, we teach you four techniques and, and you have those in your back pocket ready to go. Oh my gosh, you're going to be wide open, girl. Thanks. Yeah, Tara. Um, yeah, so I, um, I obviously love everything that you're talking about. And I Thank think you. that it just naturally, the confidence piece exists for you. But have you ever had a point in your life or in your career where you struggled with that confidence or perhaps like communicating that confidence? And what were some specific ways that you stirred the pot to help mm. kind of bring that, that confidence back into your communication or conversation? Oh, such a good question. I cannot preach Toastmasters enough. So it's just a public speaking club. It's once a week. It's a discipline. There's always something more important than Toastmasters is what it feels like, you know. When I first started to go, there was two people in the club. Two people and then me. And I was like, this is awesome because I can get more reps in. Like the fact that there are only two people, I can stand up there every single week yeah. and going every week. And if there's not a speech, like signed up because you do it's a combination of prepared speeches and then table topics which is like impromptu speaking which is like this this is the table topics right now so all the years that i've done toastmasters all the reps that i've been at toastmasters doing table topics has prepared me for this moment right here you know what i'm saying and so anytime there's not a speech signed up i'm like i'll do one i do an impromptu speech it keeps me on my toes it makes me like taking content have a belief have a message ready to go all the time mm and to have repetition, and that's why we do reps in guide culture. I mean, it's like you have to just practice over and over and over. In each speech that I do, I stand in the mirror every day for 30 days, first thing in the morning, and I, I practice. I do a run through. And then once a week, I do it in front of a warm body. I'm like, who, who will sit in front of me? Great, sit there. And then I will do it at least once in Toastmasters. It's just reps, mm. that's all it is. And what I found is that when I'm practicing for a speech, I talk better on Instagram, I talk better on the phone, I talk better on my webinars and my trainings because I'm just in constant practice of communicating. Go to, to you should send them to Toastmasters. It's, it's like 60 bucks a year. It's so cheap. Listen, I would say there's a third that mm -hmm. will listen to what you say sure. and they will implement something. Sure. There's a third that will hear what you say and agree with it cognitively mm -hmm. and say, I'm going to do something, but they won't follow through. Mm -hmm. And there's a third that won't do anything. Totally. That's just, in my speaking career, it's mm -hmm. just, that's what I've seen. And so the question yeah. is, everybody on the screen has to ask is, which yeah. third are you going to be in? Yeah. Well, I think huh. I think what's important that, and this is just my opinion on, on that, I totally agree with that, especially working with so many people that come in, they either do it or they don't. Uh, it's It's the repetition of like what's so important that they need to do. Repeating what you believe is important. Did you know when someone hears something for the seventh time, they really hear it for the first? Mm. The seventh time. And so your attitude needs to be like, instead of, oh my gosh, I've told them this three times and they're not listening. I gotta, you should, your attitude should be like, hey, I've told them three times, I only have four more to go. Hmm. And then they start to like, okay, buy in, buy in, buy in, and it's enough. And it gives them a chance to receive it. Like sometimes people just aren't ready to be like, yes, I am going to buy into that. That's good. Yeah. It is all of our jobs to continually reinforce and continually sell and continually yeah. add value and continually say your name. You know who the greatest salesman of all is? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Oh, I was just kidding. No, it is. That's no, true. Okay. It's a great, <laughs> tell, telling, it's true. He is the greatest salesman of all because he is, 
he's patient, he's going to tell a story, and he's going to follow up and tell you a story over and over and over until you buy in. And I mean, think about like one of the greatest experiences I had in working in ministry was watching little kids accept Jesus. Mm. It was like the most wild thing to me that they completely understood what was happening, right? And when you hear their story, it's like the exact, everyone's is the same. They go to church every week. They're in a small group every week. They come home and their parents talk about it with them every week, every day maybe. And then finally they come to a point and they're like, I'm ready. Like, I'm, I'm ready. But it took the repetition over time, over and over and over. And then they were ready to receive it. They're ready to listen. They're ready to buy in because someone was patient enough to follow up and talk about it all the time. That's good. Hey, Alicia. Hi, Macy. First of all, I love your energy. You have a great Thank energy you. about you. Thanks, Alicia. Um, I, I had a question. How do you deal with the customer that when you ask why mm -hmm. and they give you negative feedback and they're negative, how do you overcome mm -hmm. the negative client mm -hmm. or customer? We, we, have two, we have two rules. Absorb the blame. It is your fault. You could have done something. Period. And the second, what's so crazy, even if it's not your fault, there's always something you could have done. The second that you say, hey, you are right. So the second you say that, you feel the walls come down and you suddenly go from being across the table to being on the side of the table. And you're like, hey, let's solve this together. Absorb the blame always. You say, I could have done something better. Let's solve this together. And you become a team. Guys, yeah. this is... Um... This is a treat to have you come. Thank you, Casey. It's an honor to be here. Thank you.